Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. So today we are really delighted to have our friend uh, Sharon Walters with us. Uh, Sharon is an artist, a mixed media collage artist. Um, she's known as um, London Artist One on Instagram, um, but we'll put all her details at the end. Uh, she is also a sober mum and also um, the next uh, collaborator that we're working with for our Create and Thrive Collage Workshop, which is on the 19th of October at the Hive in London Bridge. Um, so we're delighted to, wor- uh, to welcome Sharon. Uh, Hi. Hi. <laughs> she works also as a museum professional, uh, and she does a lot of uh, work around exploring identity, um, which we'll get on to talking to her about, I'm sure, in a moment. So we always start by uh, checking in and saying hi. So hi, Sharon, how are you doing? I'm good, not too bad. It's been a busy few weeks, but um, yeah, I'm doing really well. And you, Kate? I'm amazing. (laughs) 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 No, I'm... um, We've re-recorded a podcast yesterday with the two of us, so this is like the second podcast that we've done sitting next to each other as opposed to being in a different country and it's kind of slightly uncomfortable because we've got to sit really close to each other to share the mic (laughs) (laughs) so we're all like okay um but yeah you know I I feel really really silly today and I've already said that um, the filter is not working so I'm apologizing in advance for anything I might say on this podcast I love the idea of filter-free living for this podcast though so I'm here I love that, filter-free living, yay! Oh, don't say that to her, don't encourage me for God's sake. <coughs> and Mandy, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm still sick, but I'm alright, thanks. Slave driver making me work. Um, but yes, yeah, so no, I'm, 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 um, I'm excited to talk to Sharon. Yeah, me too, really excited, so thanks for coming on today. Oh, for having me. So we're going to start just about a little bit about your sober journey. So uh, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about what brought you to the decision to go alcohol-free, that's all right. So um, I've wanted to go alcohol-free for quite a long time, but I kind of would only dip into it probably for, you know, dry January, and then I'd be halfway through and probably give up or have one drink and... But I just felt as though I was, um, yeah, it was time to cut down a bit. And every time I cut down, I felt a bit better, but just kept going back to it every single time. But I think the main reason I stopped this time, and properly stopped, <laughs> is um, is I started running in August 2017, and a friend trained me to run 0 to 10 and she did that and I did that within four months so it was a crazy four months yeah and super intense and I ran for charity and I did it and I didn't stop um in that 10k um but during that time I gradually started to reduce my drinking because training and drinking just wasn't working out and um and then once I got an ankle injury just after that um 10k sadly um 
I started my collage series and I, I think that's it all kind of tied in at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's that's when I started when I kind of cut down quite a bit. Yeah. So what did what what made you go, okay, I was I was on yeah, stop completely. What made you sort of I just loved being able to get up in the morning without a hangover. Mm. I just found that when I drank and it was usually wine, I would um I would immediately get a headache, mm. even after the sips, and it felt as though it was what I guess some people describe as a, what felt like it could have been a migraine. So I'd have a really, really, really intense headache at the back of my head, and it would feel as though it was spreading to the front. And it just became, it just wasn't worth it. It really wasn't. And um, the less, less I kept trying to drink, because I was encouraged to try, mm. and trying hard enough, which was interesting. Um, the more I realised that it just wasn't for me and I was able to do so much more with my time and my life and I was able to be more focused in what I wanted. Mm. Yeah, so it's... Um, and I love that, like, what you say about... Because I think one of the things, one of the ideas for the podcast and that I see on soap forums or that we see on soap forums is that the conversation widens to many reasons for choosing an alcohol-free life and before we were I mean maybe one of the reasons why we're we're encouraged to keep trying it is that the old kind of paradigms were like well you're either a normal drinker who does it or you're an alcoholic and if you were on earth it's like it's not even on the menu to choose an alcohol-free life even if it's not working for you for whatever reason so it's really lovely to sort of you know, your dawning realisation wasn't some kind of rock-bottom kind of no. car crash. I shouldn't say no. car crash, should I? But, you know. It, no. Yeah. It, was, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't that at all. And I think quite often when I speak to people, they assume, they, ju- they leap from, oh, you're not drinking, to, oh, you must have been an alcoholic. Oh, you never seem to drink that much. Um, well, no, I didn't, but it just wasn't working for me. Mm. And after a while, you get a little bit tired of trying to explain yourself. Mm. And you start to realise that there is this whole culture around drinking. And and if you don't fit into, fit into that culture, then somehow you're different and seen as a bit strange. But as my confidence has grown, I've realised that it's okay to be a little bit different and strange, and I always have been anyway, so I'm just embracing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah joining the freaks and the rebels. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, like, socially, in terms of your relationships with friends and family, um, how has that changed, or how did you approach that? Um, oh, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, so, m- growing up, my mum my and dad, they would have great parties and you know drink drinking was you know part of those parties and and even now meetups involve you know we have rum and all that kind of stuff um because I'm from a Caribbean background so rum was always quite high on the list at the parties um but never hugely excessively it'd be a few drinks but now I don't drink at all and my mum the last time I went to see her, she bought me alcohol-free wine, and oh, that made me well up because it was real acceptance that this is the way I am, and um, and it's not something to kind of be strange about. It was um, 
Yeah, and they all, no one bothers asking me anymore, would you like a drink? They just know I don't drink and it's all accepted, accepted now. Which is good. Yeah, and I love when we met up in London, you were telling me that you still like a like special drink, so you still have a special glass and you still have a nice sort of... Oh, yeah. So even my daughter, the other day, she, um, <laughs> she bought me... I asked her a glass of water, she's seven, and she bought me a glass of water and she bought it in a champagne flute. With what advice? Because she knows how fussy I am. I'm not used to that back. I love it. I love having my drinks in gin glasses. So, um, and I have. I bought these special. <laughs> I just bought, bought these special ice cube. Um, what they're called? So like trays. Trays. That's yeah. it. And they are. I think they're one inch by one inch. So you get a massive block of ice when you freeze the ice. So I have that in my gin glass. I usually drink seed, lip and tonic. Um, I don't like the garden one, but I like the other two. And, um, yeah, I I just like my drinks looking nice, so with mint and lime. and I like my glass to look like there's a party going on in my glass. That's what I always tell bartenders. Yeah, <laughs> don't give me any warm orange juice. Yeah. I will not no. want it. No, I can't, I can't stand orange juice. Anyone offers me oranges, I'm like, no, there are other drinks, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Make my drink look like there's a party going on in it. I'm going to use that. I'm going yeah. to yeah. nick that. You have, you have to say, make my drink look like there's a party going on in my glass. That's yeah. what I say. always make people laugh. <laughs> And they do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And you, I mean, you haven't stopped socialising, right? I mean, I've seen you've been to festivals, you've, you know, you've been out to sort of mum raves, can we say that? <laughs> yeah, I have. I've been out a lot. Um, I've been to, I went to Lovebox this year. I also went to 51st State. Um, I went to Mums at Rave, but if you don't follow them, follow them because they have these brilliant parties and it's, um, you know, there's lots of booze available, but they also made sure that there were um, drinks for soberists, like me, so that made oh, me really good. happy. Good. Um, and I just felt completely, yeah, I feel, I feel completely part of those parties now. I, I don't feel as though I need to drink, it's fine. I'm still nuts anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what... Uh, would be your tips for people starting out or what groups or resources helped you? Well, um, not mentioning any names. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, mainly you at the beginning because I was following someone who was Anarchy Somerville I was following and then I think she mentioned you guys on her, on her Instagram feed and then I started following you and I just thought, oh wow, there are other people that don't drink and I just... I think the main tip is to find a, a community. It doesn't necessarily have to be people that you that you see physically. It can be people through the ground. Just finding people that you connect with, especially during those initial stages, I think is really important because it can be so... You can feel like you're quite alone um, and that you're the only one doing it. And I also follow Africa Brooke. Mm. Um, yeah, she's amazing too and really inspiring. So... Just finding people you feel as though you connect with. And I have to add that um, when I started following you, I thought, oh, I really wish one day I could be on their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. And I've never told you that before. But, um, but yeah, so I'm really, really pleased that you asked me to um, work with you and certainly our friends. And yeah, 
It's yeah. amazing. It's wicked. How has, do you think um, being sober and sort of it becoming a conscious decision has mm-hmm. um, influenced your your work and the way you work or the clarity or, or anything? Um has it changed your conversation with yourself? Do you know what I mean? With your identity? What? Oh, massively. I think I care more about myself now. Mm. Care more about the relationship, not only with myself, but also with other people. I'm clear of the boundaries, what I'll do and what I won't do. Uh, that sounds quite ominous, doesn't it? But no, just in terms of who I, you know, who I spend, who I choose to spend my time with. But it's also given me clarity in who I am and what I want to do and where I want to be. And I think with it, for some people it comes with getting older. For me, it wasn't really happening that quickly. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel as though yeah, there's more clarity and there's more self-compassion, and I know what works for me, and I'm more sensitive to my emotions because I'm not trying to cover those emotions up. Whether it be a joyous emotion yeah. or really down emotion, I'm not trying to cover it up with booze or celebrate it with alcohol. And I'm not anti anyone who drinks at all. As I said, it just didn't work for me. But I, I feel completely different. I feel like a different person now. That's awesome. And and I love that. Yeah, what you say about we've been talking about this recently. I think we talked to Ruby Warrington about it actually. About there's that sort of acceptable spectrum of emotion and then we're uh sort of encouraged to numb out anything that doesn't fall in that spectrum and if you're an artist if you're a seeker if you're a thinker if you're interested in identity if you're interested in culture uh political movement it's like i guess yeah it's like dumbing that bit down which is actually really important to our brains and our identities you know yeah. it's I, I, I you know I can, can get quite political on this one or we both can can't yeah. we because once you start singing you're like blimey you know I actually like you say yeah. you know your boundaries are clearer I feel that 100% I didn't know what a boundary was yeah because when anything became uncomfortable for me I was like oh well you know that I'd you know, have a glass of wine. I wouldn't have to process it and reflect yeah. on it. There wasn't that that sort of reflection, and no. and I, you know, and and for mums, you know, you're a mum, you're an artist. You you sort of it, it's sort of quite a political move as well. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it is. I feel as though um, I just feel as though it's opened up so much. It's it's reminded me of what I once felt passionately about. It's reminded me that I really, I always wanted to be an artist. I always did. And I just, and I, I have worked on things throughout the years. I have had exhibitions before the stuff I've been doing over the last 18 months. But it brought everything back to me. And it reminded me that all of these things are possible. Mm-hmm. And that I was actually, and it's a well-known phrase, but standing in my own way. Mm. And once we removed all that stuff, um, yeah, I was just able to focus again and and realise that things aren't outside of what I really want to achieve. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. Mm. I love that. It's making me feel a bit emotional because I just think that you've hit the nail on the head for so many people, so many women, so many men mm. that 
that active kind of drinking when it's not serving you on whatever level is literally is that standing in your own way it is in your own way and we're so encouraged to do it it's like you know and what's possible for us remembering remembering those like the things that lit us up remembering getting messy remembering that it's okay you know all of that all of that is there and and yet we're so encouraged to kind of yeah to just sort of Take all those edges off that actually serve us, you know? Yeah. I think that it's sometimes not just alcohol that stands in the way. It's sometimes, I don't know, you feel that maybe being a mother and having children, that's standing in your way. You feel that, for me, I felt as though not having a studio, for example, I was waiting until I had this artist studio and then I could, you know, I could be a bona fide... (laughs) um, artists there's so many things that can stand in your way but if you remove all of those things you know all those negative thoughts and all those limiting mindset isn't it yeah it's a limiting mindset um and then you realize actually i can just for me i can just sit in my front room without a studio with an a4 cutting mat and create collages and from those collages i can have exhibitions and i can do talks and i can do workshops and um, and yeah, it's just teaching yourself that you're you're enough with what you've got. Just working what was, with what. You've... Sorry, I, mean, I know you. I no, was no. going to say, what was that? So this limiting mindset. What was if was there a catalyst? And if so, what was that catalyst to flip the thinking from I need this to actually I can do this? What? Oh, I think it would definitely have to be. Um, running the North to 10K. So I met this amazing woman called Che in the gym. We used to do a gym class every Saturday morning and it was a real fun dance class at 10 a.m. with a brilliant instructor called Ella. And um, I remember we just got into a really brief conversation. I said, oh, you know, I've had spinal surgery. Um, I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to run because of the extensive surgery that I had years and years ago. Um, because of the impact and she said I can I can help you so and she taught me to run as I said from mm-hmm. to 10k in four months and I did that non-stop which I still can't get my head around because I can't do it now um <laughs> but I might again one day but um I think in her showing me that I could do something that I thought I would probably never be able to do it opened up so much mm-hmm. she was so supportive and she still is I'm seeing her tonight actually She's so supportive of me. She asked for nothing in return. She set me a programme. She, um, While we would run, she would talk me through things and speak to me really positively mm. about everything I was doing and achieving as we were running. It felt like mindfulness while running, which sounds really weird because she's not around doing my running with me anymore and it certainly doesn't feel mindful when I do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but she was... Um, Oh, but that's what that's I mean. Lovely. That's to sort of you know to do a naughty lead. But um, that's I mean that's essentially coaching, and that's why coaching can be a brilliant tool in sobriety yeah. or in in any sort of area where you want to move forward with your life because it's that not only support but someone cheering you on and yeah. giving a shit, and that you know can be an amazing tool yeah. for people. So what's yeah. the thing that you're most proud of in the time? So it's about nine months, right? So that again, sorry? It's been about nine months. So what's the thing you're yeah. most proud of in this time since you've been sober? 
Oh, a few things. Um, I'm really proud of the exhibitions and the talks and the workshops uh, at the beginning of the year. I was getting real anxiety over um, speaking publicly and yeah, it was, it became a bit of a thing at the beginning of the year and I decided that I would just jump right into it and just keep trying. And so I did. I spoke, I spoke at Nottingham Trent Uni with some PhD students. I spoke at another uni, a local one, University of West London. Done a few things with work as well at the museum where I work. Um, and then on Saturday, oh, and I've done an artist talk. And I did another artist talk on Saturday, a live demo and talk. And I am, um, and so I'm really proud of where I was back in January. Mm. compared to you know where I am now compared to where I was in January because it's been a massive leap I really didn't have the confidence and I just thought that I would never get that me back that was able to speak in public confidently and I, I feel like people listening you know it's like well what's that got to do with sobriety but when you're sober like you understand it completely because I understand it completely because yeah. it's that thing of like when you make a choice and put yourself first and when you put your your health and your self-care and when you love yourself enough to stop doing something that's not serving you, it's a catalyst for going, okay, well, if I can do that, yeah. maybe I can do this. And if yeah. I can do yeah. that, you know, it's that, that building block. It's the first building block. And, you know, we always say it's the anchor, you know, to everything else because making that first choice taught, certainly yeah. taught me that I was capable of change and growth yeah. and that yeah. formed so much, yeah. you know, yeah. goes forward. mental for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, you know, with running first and then giving up the booze, it, they all kind of led, they were like building blocks. Mm. So, you know, yeah, it just made me feel as though I can do stuff and there's still so much I want to do. Yeah. You know, you just start ramping up the list, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It's that upward spiral, isn't it? It's the it, it's it's the opposite of the downward spiral, the unhealthy behaviours, and you know, the drinking and the hangovers. You know, we talk about lots yeah. uh, and that sort of lowered self esteem, and it's just the opposite. You just go. I don't know. Go through, it's it's expansion for me. It's um, possibility and expansion, and like you say, like I, I'm I'm quite interested because I'm terrified of public speaking. Oh really? Absolutely, and like I want to crack that nut. Like I really do. Want to? You want to do a TED talk? We're going to do a yeah, TED talk. Yeah, do a TED talk. I want to do a TED talk as well, and I randomly met this woman who. I did a talk with at the university a couple of months ago and she just randomly said to me after I did my talk, she said, I'd really love you to do a TED talk with me. Um, I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I rein it in. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. squealing her face and just going, I really want to. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your art, you know, your art process. How does that um, feed into your wellness practice? Um, why is creativity important, perhaps, for people um, sort of looking to feel better, I suppose? Yeah, I feel so. Um, when I 
create collages, it gives me an outlet for self-expression. So it gives me a voice and it's a voice where I don't, where I'm not restricted, where I can be completely free, where there aren't any rules and it's completely my space. So I create handmade collages featuring women who are black, always with natural Afro hair. And that's the way the series has been so far. Um, and the series is called Seeing Ourselves. And it's about showing up in spaces where you don't always see yourself. It's about giving yourself the right to take up space. Um, and that relates to my work at the museum because I, I work for Gunnersby Park Museum and I coordinate community engagement programmes where we're trying to... Um, where we're trying to engage with audiences that are underrepresented. Um, so the, the art practice and the museum work really feeds into each other really well. But I feel as though by not drinking, I no longer um, have that vice that, that suppresses all those feelings that I talked about earlier. Um, I have to deal with things now, and through creating the collages, I'm able to process things. And it kind of acts like, Almost, yeah, it feels very mindful because you can't mess around when you've got a, scal a surgical scalpel knife. Yeah. Or you can't I, be pissed, no. Yeah. You can't, you really <laughs> can't be pissed. No. That's what you can't be. You have to go. <laughs> no. You can't take your hands either. That's not going to help. No. no. <laughs> that would make a good collage. But, um, but, the, but by creating, it really forces me to slow down because, you know, we were talking just before we started recording it. I said, you know, I was up at half five. I don't usually wake up that early. I don't know what happened today. But, um, and I got up and I went for a walk and I had a lot on my mind. And, and I think with collaging, it stops all those, you know, like, oh, I need to do this and that. And then if I, you know, it slows everything right down. Yeah. Uh, and it just makes everything much better. I've never created a collage and, and and at the end of it felt worse. Every single time I feel better. Yeah. And it and when I get to the end of creating it, it's like I can breathe and I just it allows me yeah. to like, sounds very therapeutic. Oh, that sounded really deep. <laughs> yeah, it's very deep. No, but, but it sounds like it sounds therapeutic and like an authentic therapeutic process. Well, one yeah. one of the because we you know we try to sort of include and that's something that we're working on a lot is to sort of include the science of happiness into sobriety practices you know and part yeah. of the science of happiness is the state of flow mm -hmm. you know and mindfulness and, and, and mindfulness and and those mm -hmm. are those are joy pockets of when yeah. you're in flow it's like it's you're not you know, it's not conscious, really. It's not, you know, you're you're within that process. And yeah. that's a real moment of kind of, like, of relax and release. Yeah, it is completely. It's really interesting to say that because at the weekend, um, I was, I had an exhibition and we were doing, well, people were coming along and they were able to ask me about my work and I was doing live demos. And so many people asked me if I have an idea in mind at the of how I want the work to look. And I said, if I have an idea in mind, for me, there's no point in creating the work. Because for me, it's all about the process. If it comes out really beautiful at the end, that's a huge bonus, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. but, it's secondary but, to what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. more about process. Um, yeah. 
I think life is so full of plans and order and what you need to do and how you need, you know, it's the, it's the place where there aren't any of those restrictions and you can just be completely free and you can allow things to flow. And you just find through creating the work that it forces your breathing, for example, to slow right down. Mm. Sounds like my yoga. Does it? Yeah, because um, that you know that there's very much part of that is that you know if you do a really good downward dog with your heels on the ground, well, that's that might look pretty. I but you actually, with your heels on, I was like, with what? your heels on, now that's that's my kind of downward dog. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> But it, it's the process. I mean, that's all secondary to the the actual gold is in the the process of what's yeah. happening to your your kind of mind and your nervous system as you're going through it. It, it. it regulates everything, which is what you're saying. So essentially, it is like a very like you say a mindful practice. Yeah, it yeah. really is. But I think there's yeah. something there's an added extra in the fact because you know I went on. Um, uh, creative retreat I went to Ireland with Amanda Grace who's a she does sort of um, expressive journaling and it the added extra in something creative is that you are ex- doing self-expression and you're letting something go yeah. and you know and that's that kind of unconscious release um, which is why you know we wanted to work with you on a workshop because when women or men stop drinking you know there's all this gap for one time, yeah. all this extra time that you've got there to fill, and, but there's also all these emotions all this that you have to stuff. manage. Yeah, yeah. that needs to have agency to go somewhere. Yeah, and I yeah. think you know, and it might have been something you've never done before, ever even considered, and that's what's brilliant about being sober because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the, there's these vast ideas about like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you? Yeah. But there's also those things of like okay, well, I'll try it, and, and you do something, you go, oh, wow, like, that really helped me just to pause, yeah, and just to have some time to myself, um, so, yeah, that's why we wanted to bring you in for the workshop, so, you know, obviously, for the workshop's on the 19th, um, so it's 1.30 till 5, it's at London Bridge Hive, <coughs> and so, can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about what, what you'll be doing with, with people? Yeah, so um, basically we'll be having a collage, it'll be a collage workshop, and we'll be using images, and we'll also be using, um, you know, like backgrounds, so that could be backgrounds from nature, we'll be using lots of different types of um, materials, so, it, sorry, photographic materials that I'll bring in, and we'll be using... Uh, a4 cutting mats because I think it's really important that people realise that this is stuff that you can use at home. You don't need a big studio. I think I've said that a few times. <laughs> I do want the studio one day and a scalpel. But it will be fun and we'll have open discussions. It'll be a calm, safe space. And most of all, you just don't need any experience. So it's for people of all levels. If you've done collage before, that's fine. If you haven't, that's equally fine. Um, I didn't, even though I studied um, fine art, I didn't actually do collage. So many people over the weekend were asking me, mm. oh, you did, you know, um, like 2D art. I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't do, I, I made video video installations and um, audio recordings. That was my practice when I graduated in 2011 as a mature student. So um, this is just something that I've been doing for the last 18 months or so 
um, you know, in a really obsessive way, but a good obsessive <laughs> way. Um, but yeah, I just want to want people to understand that it's a really accessible way of creating, and it's something they can continue at home, and it's playful and fun, and we'll just be, have a really lovely time. Sounds lovely. Yeah, I know. I love the uh, what you say about you know the idea of showing up for yourself and allowing yourself to take space because yeah. I think that's a theme that I hear a lot. I definitely have felt like that as a mum, and I think on sober forums that idea of showing up for yourself, having your own back. These practices that a lot of us need to learn that have yeah. been underdeveloped or squashed or through whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and that very fundamental act to kids, you know, to kind of like seamless link back to alcohol. But that, um, you know, for me, I, I would say the act of not drinking is the act of showing up for myself, like 100%. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I've always said that that sort of, um, I don't know, it's just going to sound deep now and a bit hippie, but the inner child work... Mm-hmm. And that I, I realised that when I drank, I abandoned myself. Mm. It was a way of not dealing with myself, not seeing myself, turning my back. It was a self-aversion practice, yeah. maladaptive behaviour. So this leaning in to work with beautiful colours, to ask those questions, to show up for myself. This, your work fits kind of beautifully with kind of how I see the act of being sober, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, don't I, I just feel as though it gives you the space as well to create something, whether it's something that looks slightly dark and a bit unhinged, which was the response to one of my pieces of the week. <laughs> yeah. like, or it makes you feel quite uncomfortable. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because no, maybe yeah. at the time I was yeah. creating that, I was feeling a bit unhinged and, you know, a bit faceless mm. and a bit however I was feeling. But it's allowing yourself to feel that way and create just be creative and and work through that process and those feelings yeah. and it's okay it doesn't always have to be this kind of um you know being beautiful yeah. and everything being presented as just right sometimes we're not feeling just right and that's okay too yeah. but I think through drinking I wasn't allowing myself with hindsight now I can see I wasn't allowing myself to feel as much right. and now myself and that's the thing that I, I've learned most actually I wasn't really prepared for how how raw my emotions would feel mm. that's the thing that I wasn't prepared for and now I'm more used to it you know quite a few months in I it's okay mm. I just you know, let myself go with it so in, to, in terms of self-care you know we talk about like a a sober toolkit so what things do you do or do you obviously like your creative practice is a huge part of that but what other things do you have in your sober toolkit so um gosh I I make sure I surround myself with really positive people I have a small circle of friends but people who understand me my family as well so that would be in my sober toolkit Mm. (laughs) um a good selection of good sober drinks are good, and my obviously my glass as well. My my cutting mat and my scalpel, I know, yeah, that they'll definitely be in there. But just um, and time, giving myself a bit of time. I think that's the thing that creating the collages does. Is it 
gives me that time that I need and that for me is really important yeah that's what I put in my toolkit (laughs) things I can put in so obviously you've got um our workshop but what other you've got I mean when we last talked it was just like and I'm doing this and I'm doing this you've got like a lot of plans um so tell us a little bit about all the things that you're doing the exhibitions and things coming up so I've had a really busy few months um, and things are now petering off a bit, which is good. There's a little bit of time to reflect and breathe a bit. But, but um, I will be at the Now Gallery in Greenwich next month. And that open, it's a show called Black British Identity. And it's being curated by some fabulous women who I'm really excited to work with. And that opens on the 28th of October. And I'll be working on some commissions as well. So that's going to be my focus at the moment. Um, it's working on commissions and, yeah, just working, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. Not, not loads and loads of stuff at the moment because I've just had the busiest few months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a nice bit of ebb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And... Um... Anything else? What's your tip of the day? We always finish with a tip of the day and a reason to love sober. So my tip is to um, not to give up. Keep going. Um, find a sober community or people who don't constantly out question your sobriety. Mm. <laughs> um, try and hang around with those people. Because um, you were saying to me that even the people that you're meeting, like within sort of the circles of creative circles and museum circles is kind of you're meeting more people that don't drink or drink mm. very little yeah it doesn't feel like there's such a big gap I, I, maybe I'm just attracting um, yeah but um yeah there's so many people I'm meeting now like one woman I met through Instagram who's an artist and she's fantastic and her, her Instagram handle is um the she wolf diaries but her name's Zulika and she's an artist and I remember feeling a little bit, I was like, oh, you know, I don't drink. She was like, that's cool, I don't either. Mm. And, like, it's not even a thing, why are you yeah. making it a yeah. thing? And I felt really silly because I realised that I was, even though I thought I wasn't, I was still apologising. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I've been meeting lots of people who don't drink or even if they do, not a huge amount, or even if they do drink a bit, it's not, they're not questioning me as much. Mm. Um, which feels really good. And I don't know if that's because I'm more confident in who I am and um, and don't care as much anymore about what other people think. But, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the, the people I'm meeting because it's meant that I've got to meet people like you, which is amazing. Well, 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 back at you. Yeah. Get them a little group card across the <laughs> <laughs> English channel. What's uh, your reason to love sober? Uh, reason to love sober I think it's reminded me of who I who I wanted to be and it's opened loads of doors for me um, and it's meant that even though I wake up stupidly early it's okay and I'm not waking up with a hangover and I wasn't feeling particularly angsty have you seen uh, an impact like as a mum have you seen an impact with your relationship with your kids um, I think they are now just growing up knowing that 
I feel as I'm setting a really good example to them. Mm. I really do. And I don't want to be judged because I'm really aware that there might be people who are still drinking and I don't want them to anyway. Yeah. But it's just about, I'm talking about me and my family. I just really love the relationship that I've got with them. I feel as though the time that I have spent with them isn't spent with having a hangover or being a bit grumpy. If I am grumpy, it's grumpy for a good reason or <laughs> for another reason other than being. Yeah. And that means a lot. Um, and they're really, really proud of me. And they say they're proud of me. They're 7 and 11. And that means a lot as well. Um, but first and foremost, I did this for me. Um, and it probably sounds really selfish, but yeah, I did it for me. No, but we we were uh, watching Queer Eye yesterday. Yeah, uh, as you do, and um, love it. Yeah, it's like homework for us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're like, oh, we can put that in the book. Um, and uh, <laughs> one of the one of the things was is because they were talking about the impact that this guy was having on his local community, mm. and they were talking about the ripple effect. Yeah, and I love that expression. It was just like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, like there is a massive Ripples ripple effect. It doesn't out. mean that you know it's because I'm telling everyone what I'm doing or whatever. But yeah. me being not drinking, you know, for my kids, it has mm-hmm. a ripple effect. Like they have a different understanding of w- what it is to be an adult or, or mm-hmm. the choices that they can make, and it has a ripple effect of the people that you meet and you know mm-hmm. wicked friendships that you can have. But I think, and it, and it's that kind of that authentic showing up. What going back to your your work, taking space, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's. You show up in those times when, uh, what's you know, like you say, you're not clouded by a hangover, and if you're annoyed with them for for whatever reason, it's probably because they've done something and they need a boundary, and you, you're yeah. you're 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 there. You're showing. You're just showing up. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just feel as though they. And that gives other people permission to show up is what I think we're trying to get to. I think I'm showing myself as well and them that there are other ways to have fun. Mm. Yeah. So some people might find it really dull. And I do do post videos of me at home, you know, um, cutting these collages. But I... Always with some wicked music. Yeah, always banging tunes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, there are other ways to have fun, and it doesn't mean that you're not, never going to go out again, and you're never going to hang out with people. I hang out with people all the time, mm. well, a lot of the time, some of the time. Um, <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but you know, it's, you, you know, your life still will go on, and you will find other ways of finding your happiness, and it will be happiness that... Um, yeah, you probably never expected to experience. Mm. Oh, yeah. What a wicked note to end yeah, on. Yeah, so thank you so much for speaking to us today. We're super excited about the workshop. Yeah, we're gonna put we'll put um, all the details of all the yeah. all your work and everything uh, yeah. on the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um so yeah, so we'll we'll wrap it up there, but um thank you again for for chatting to us today and explaining about about your work and about your story because again you know I just think super inspiring yeah it's really inspiring and I you know I love I love what you say um 
And I think you should be super proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Picking up Sharon and all yeah. your beautiful work that you do, like you yeah. say, with underrepresented communities and the way that you are showing up. So, you know, like... Big having an impact. Having an impact and a ripple effect. Well done, love. And thank you so much for inviting me on. It's been for us too so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking obviously reach out um there's support online alcohol change um has lots of um, agencies of local support and information uh gp there's lots of online support now in different communities so baristas has a confidential ask the doctor service um you can reach out to us at lovesober.com and join our community if you go to the website you can click on the link um, of love sober life and find us that way and just don't feel alone there's lots of us out there with loads of different stories loads of different you know experiences um and so you know like sharon was saying you know find your community find your fit and you know feel free to get in touch and we'll see you next week for more chat bye bye, bye. bye.